0: in chapter 4, looking at verses 6 and 7 today, and uh, hope you're being blessed. This, uh, The verses that we're covering today is really what got me into this section of Scripture. I'm going to keep hitting at home that you really need to get this section of Scripture down for living the Christian life. Philippians chapter 4, verses 4 through 9 will help you deal with worry, will help you deal, develop the... You know, as Christians, we don't just automatically, the Holy Spirit enters us and we're saved, but we still have the sinful issues that we deal with. And so we have to choose to replace them. And we're going to be getting into later in the next few weeks on the whatsoevers. And we can't just like, well, I've got saved and I've got to stop doing this. We need to lean into the Holy Spirit. We need to be obedient to God's word. And we need to replace. You can't leave a void there of, I used to be like this, because guess what's happening? That's going to come back. And so uh, this is an essential section of Scripture that you need to get familiar with and will give you years of habit developing to work with through the power of the Holy Spirit. I don't mean it's going to take years, but this is something you need to have in your regular DNA. Um, Spiritual stability in an unstable world is what we talked about uh, last week. And even if we know that we have God's joy, we need to ask the question today what worries you? Uh, there's a lot, of, for me, it's the little things that throw me off. Not every little thing, but it'll be something odd and it'll just drive me nuts. And I realize I'm just being OCD about it and I'm not giving it to God and I'm in sin and all those kind of things. And so you know what worries you. And then the question is how do you handle worry? We're going to look at that today. We need to understand without God how we handle worry. It may be through some activity that you do. It may be through which, you know, exercise and those things are, are not bad to work out those stressors, but they're not the only thing. We need the God factor. It may be eating, not eating, or eating. Um, whatever it is, how do you handle worry? And we struggle with joy versus happiness. We talked about last week, and now we're going to talk about we struggle with worry versus peace. And it's easier to worry because the devil all the time provides an ample amount of stuff for us to worry about. And so you need to choose to live in a life that you worry or to live in a life of peace. And so your action step today is don't worry, pray. That song was really appropriate because that's the solution. And a lot of us will say, well, that's great, but I don't have that down. Guess what? Yes, your pastor prays, but... I still struggle with how to do... There's not a wrong or right way It's talking to God, but having that consistent habit, doing those things. Yes, I pray all the time, but I'm saying it's more than that, that this is part of our DNA, and the devil really fights that. Your points for the sermon will be under the word pray. And so as we go through this, let's look at the background. Paul's in prison. We knew that. He's writing about joy and how to deal with it, and he continues with... Uh, and he's continued with circumstances that cause us to worry. And the Philippians, let's look, he's writing to the Philippians, but he's also writing to us, but the Philippian church was dealing with persecution. They were dealing with problems in the church. They were dealing with worldly issues in the church. Sound familiar? They were dealing with false teachers in the church. And when we say in the church, it may not be the specific body, but the church is a people of God, and they were also dealing with poverty. So these were all the things, and a lot of them sound familiar. They haven't changed. Persecution, problems in the church, worldly issues, false teachers, the lack of money. How's that working for you with inflation and all that, you know? A lot of those things are at the forefront right now. A lot to worry about that. And that leads us to Philippians 4, 6, and 7. And this deals with worry and starts with the peace of God. This is the first verse... I learned in this section years ago, and I learned, I think, in the New Living, do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's already done. I'm going to say that again. Do not worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need and thank him for what he's already done. And again, that's not in the version. I'll read that version here in a minute, but I learned that in the New Living at the time. But obviously, I was dealing with that. Now we all worry, but there's generational sins in our family, like it may be addiction to something, and worry is a generational sin in my family, so it's one thing that we all worry, but it's something I have, and you know, worry, anxiety, all those things. I'm not against good counselors, and I'm not against medication, but we don't start with God's Word and what it says, and then replacing what the devil lies with. None of those are bad, and I think they all have their place, but so does Scripture, on the fact of the devil wants you to worry, and you have to be in God's word, and this is the solution on how to deal with worry. Don't worry about anything. Instead, pray about everything. Tell God what you need, and thank him for what he's already done. And so, this leads us here. And how, do we, how do we live in peace continually? I think too many times we uh, try to keep the peace, And so at any cost, we're going to have peace, and that's not really peace, but we need the peace of God. And Jesus said, in this world you will have trouble, but take heart, I have overcome the world and I give you my peace. And so one, we need to not define peace by the way the world does. Let's look at verse 6 here. Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then on to verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. So here's the choice. I'm going to either choose to worry or I'm going to pray about it. And this week, as you're testing this out, hopefully, every time you're tempted to worry, have in your mind, do whatever reminds you, okay, I'm going to pray about it. If somebody's worrying about something, they're not going to like you, but you need to ask the question, have you prayed about it? And so we need to choose whether we're going to worry about it or pray. Don't worry about anything, he says, but he says in everything. Now, we're all wired different, and if we want to be honest, we make fun of the person that gets upset about one thing, and we're not because it doesn't bother us, and they get upset about other things. we got our scared of spiders people, and we got our scared of snakes people, and I think the spider people are silly, but being scared of snakes is not, okay? But you know, the other day I had a jacket out in the, in the garage, and I was going to put it on, and I'm, thank God I looked down the jacket, and there was just a bunch of black, whatever those are, brown recluse spiders living in that jacket. It's like, yeah, I think I'm not going to use that jacket. So you spider people, it was right on that, that extreme, but you see, what, you see what I'm saying here? We try to say worry is relative. We try to say shake it off. It's no big deal, but everybody here is coming from a different background. Some of you, it's the big things worry you. Me, it's not every small things, but certain things, that just pushes my worry button. And then you add the spiritual sense that God gives you that, hey, is there a problem there, and you may need to check it. And sometimes, most of the time, for me, there is a problem there, so it wasn't worry. It was God flashing the check engine light to see what's going on there. But worry is relative. We're not... All going to worry about the same things. And so we need to realize whatever we're worrying about when we go and deal with somebody else, that's real to them. That's their thing. And so um, we've got to ask the question why is worry bad? Worry is bad because it's sin. Worry is sin because you're saying, I don't trust God. Well, Pastor, that's rough because there's a lot of things to worry about. Well, who created the world? (laughs) Who's in charge? Who knew, I'm not making light of anybody here, but who knew what kind of day you were going to have? Because David talks about that. And yes, we're learning to trust God more, but when we worry, see how praying and giving it to God and casting, you're building a new habit, you're saying, I've got to handle this. God can't handle this. And so we need to accept the truth that that we need to have a, uh, we don't need to have our heart filled with pagan, we use the word pagan, that, those that don't believe in God, anxiety. When we worry, we're being like the world. Now, I am not saying that we have the attitude of, oh, yeah, it's okay. We can be realistic on, yeah, this is a bad situation and it stinks. But the world would continue, my goodness, guys. Just listen to people. We talked about when you're witnessing, listen to their story, tell your story, and then tell his story. If you listen to people's stories and they don't have Christ, they're, we're worried about things, right? We're worried about, hey, where's this money going to come from? Or, hey, how, how is this going to happen? Or what's going to, you know, the situation? But how do you, we have God. We have the Holy Spirit. Those that know Christ. And so what do you do with the world that is flailing for some kind of hope, you know, but so many times when we worry, it's not, there's a difference between being aware and being prudent and thinking ahead and worry. God knows the stuff we're going through right now. And so when we worry, we're like the world. We're pagans, saying there is no God, or God is not big enough to handle it. Talking to myself too, guys. To worry is to not accept this command that he talks about here. And this is a command. The solution to worry is prayer. And that is a worshipful conversation with God. I have struggled with prayer most of my life. (gasps) Pastor, you know, it's not again, it's not that I don't pray. And I've had, and, and some people have got it dialed in. But when prayer is presented to you, like today, let's just get real here. There are too many apps and too many resources to help you start a prayer habit. I will do whatever I can to help you with that, but I have struggled through it for over 30 plus years. Well, that's hopeful, Pastor. Well, maybe I've struggled through it to help you fast forward through it. Uh, Rick Warren's book, The Purpose Driven Life, had a story about a, a monk and he d- would do one sentence prayers to God throughout the day. And yeah, we need to get beyond one sentence, but you know, at least it's starting. And so many times there are people that they can pray beautifully and they can touch the throne of God and that's great. But those people, nothing wrong with what they're doing, they would scare the crowd out of me most of the time. I gotta, I got to pray five hours and i got to add some these and thou's and should and thou's and wasa's and whatevers, you know. No. Hey, God, I'm really having a hard time right now. Help. You know? You see what I'm saying? And today, you know, when you leave here, it's like, okay, I'm going to start just talking to God. Because he says pray continually. And I've talked about before, one of the churches I was in, they had the prayer room, and the prayer room scared me. Again, this guy was really devoted to prayer, and he was a man of prayer that ran the prayer room, and it's like, there's nothing wrong with having prayer rooms. There's great places to have that prayer closet, that, and you know, that that place where you can understand these things and get along with God, and he wasn't doing anything wrong, but it's like I went in that prayer room, it's like, ooh, I signed up for an hour, you yeah, know, what am I going to do in here, you know, and pastor don't you pray yeah okay you do it too okay but there's this giant book like this big felt like it was this big okay maybe that big bigger okay you know and it's like flipping through and all this kind of stuff and it's just like it just was scary and it wasn't the fact of what they had done but prayer is worshipfully talking to god Yes, He is God, and we need to have respect, but don't you think He already knows what you're thinking and what you're struggling with, so why don't you get real with Him? You know, uh, I enjoy getting out in the woods, and I enjoy hunting, and that's just one of my prayer times, because nobody's around. I'm going to be quiet, because something may come around, but, you know, I thank God for the health to be able to do it. I, I thank Him for the wonderful day and to enjoy those things, and then I just lay it all out, what I'm struggling with, or, you know, all those things. I'm going to help you however I can, but it's, you know, it's just simply talking to God. It's worshipful conversations, and there's, 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 too, many, there, there's too many things out there to help you uh, with that. So that's the solution to worry, is you pray about it. You know, uh, fret and worry indicate a lack of trust in God's wisdom. Sovereignty or power, delight in the Lord and meditate on his word are a great antidote for anxiety. So you can sit there and think about what's going on, or you think about God knows about this. God knew I was going to have this. This is going to mess you up, but God allowed it because of the fact he wants me to get closer to him. He wants me not to lean on how I can fix it but how he can get me through it. And so don't your first fill-in, don't worry about anything, pray, give it to God. You know, 1 Peter 5, 7 says, Casting all your cares upon him, for he cares for you. Notice in here he said, in everything, don't worry about anything, but in everything. And so many times you're like, well, he doesn't care about the little stuff. Well, he knows how many hairs I got left here. He takes care of the lilies of the field. He feeds the birds of the air, I think he cares about everything that's going on in your life. So just tell him. Don't worry about anything. Pray, give it to God. This is worshipful conversation uh, with God, and it, can, and it can take various forms. So I look at the next part of verse 6. He says, "And uh, Don't worry about anything, but in everything, through prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. So he says, in every circumstance, regardless, we need to pray. And he uses another word here, petition. We know that prayer is worshipful conversation with God. But petition is prayer with a a sense of a request uh, to God. It's specific. God, you can be specific with God. Again, you're not surprising him. So look at your heart and whatever you're struggling with and tell them, look, I don't understand this or there's something going on. And, I, and God knows this even so well. He talks about even when we can't put it into words, the grumblings. Isn't that awesome? A petition is a specific thing for yourself or for someone. It's not like you get a bunch of people to sign it, <laughs> okay? I'm not talking about that. But it's a specific request to God. And again, we want God's will. Sometimes we can, I've had people try to have the pastor pray for things that are against God's will. It's like, seriously? I think his word's kind of clear on that one. You know what I'm saying? And so this is why it's not a, a catch all, but we want to live according to God's will. So if we pray according to God's will, and that, you know what? I've had friends that I prayed for them to be healed, and God healed them, and he was glorified, and later they died, and guess what? He was glorified in that too. We need to be open to God's will. So that's a specific request to God. And then he talks about another word here, request, directly uh, asking God to help, uh, and they're kind of similar in definition. The first one I kind of got wrong there. The, the next one request is specific, but there's a lot of things that we just bring before God. We may not know exactly how this needs to be panned out, and there's some that are more direct, but either way, we're letting God know what we need. Philippians 4.19 says, And my God will supply all your needs according to his riches in Christ Jesus. And, I, and he talks about he'll give you the desires of your heart, but you need to seek God's kingdom first according to Matthew 6.33. If we follow God and put him first, Don't you think our prayers are going to line up and our desires are going to line up because we're going to want what God wants? And so there are so many ways to learn to pray, and I will help you. It's not about you learning to pray, but aspects of prayer when we talk about this. You have the ACTS method, A-C-T-S. and In other words, and I can give this to you later if you don't want to write it down. There's other ones, but A-C-T-S. First of all, adoration. You start with praising God. Thank you, God, and, and how great you are in these things. You're not kissing up to him, but just tell him the things. You're, you're adoring God. You're giving him ador, adoration. And then the next one is confession. That's a scary one. You know, God, show me if there's anything in me that is something you don't like. And, and don't just jump over that one. That was a nice one you want to jump over. But if you pause for a little bit, God's going to show you some things in your life. He's going to show you where you, where you may have been wrong. And you need to, first, uh, 1 John 1, 9, if we confess our sins, he's faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all righteousness. You need to deal with it with God. And if it's somebody else, you need to deal with it with them. See, you begin by adoration. God, you are great. Why do we start with who God is? Because we're going to him to give him our stuff, and we need to remember who he is. And what he can do. And so it starts with, God, thank you. You're wonderful. You're mighty. You know? Then God, search me. God, forgive me. And then we get into thanksgiving. So adoration, God, you are great. That's praise. And then confession. And then thanksgiving. God, thank you for your your forgiveness. Thank you for your substance. Thank you for being with me. Thank you for this or that. And why do we thank him? Thank him for what he's already done. Before we ask, supplication, so here's your acts, adoration, confession, thanksgiving, supplication. See how it mentally works. I'm going to praise God for how great he is. I'm going to ask God to search me and deal with my stuff so that my heart is clean before God. I'm going to thank him for the things that he's done, and now I'm going to bring my request to him because I know that he can do it, and I want his will. Um, Your next part, choosing to pray means that we make requests special and specific to God. Hebrews 4.16 says this, Therefore go boldly before the throne of grace, that you may receive grace and mercy in your time of need. We can go before the throne of grace because of Christ. Because God has not seen our sin. God has seen Christ's righteousness when we've accepted him. And so, so choosing to pray over worry takes joy and a right attitude. I want you to understand, last week we talked about that we need to have that joy that passes, like the peace of understanding we're not choosing happiness. Our joy is in our relationship with God. Our joy is in our future and reward. It's not in the things that are going on with us. The circumstances arise. We can choose to worry. We choose to pray. And that all has an attitude. Nobody here ever has a bad attitude when you're doing something right. I know that's not true. Okay? But Look at what he says here in verse 6. Through prayer and petition, here's the next part, and thanksgiving. Now, I gave you the Acts method. That's a totally different thing when I talked about thanksgiving. But this is the attitude that we need to have, the attitude of our heart. When we approach God, prayer fights worry by creating a thankful heart. Again, it is not about, oh, it's an okay situation. You know, in the things that I do in chaplaincy, most of the time when I'm called, it is not an okay situation. It is a horrible situation, and there's no way around it. I may not stress on that thing, especially the people I'm dealing with, but he's not saying, make light of it. But we need to have a thankful heart. There is always... Something to be thankful for. Well, I'm glad it's them and not me. No, I wouldn't go there. You know, that kind of thing. But prayer fights worry by creating a thankful heart. Go back to one of the methods of prayer. Why are we thanking God before we make a request to God because we see what he's already done? Why in the Old Testament did he have them put up stones when they crossed the Jordan River? And because he said, one day you and your kids are going to come by here and you need to have those spiritual markers. This is where God showed up. He's done it before. Guess what? He can do it again. Count your blessings. Name them one by one. We, I think we need to get minuscule. I think we, maybe this week you need to have a reset and see how many ways you can thank God for everything. It's an attitude because see how worry works? Worry wants you to focus on the circumstances and what's going on and not what to be thankful for. I have Jesus. I have the Holy Spirit. This is not the end. He's here with me, regardless. And so, do I always have a thankful attitude? No. But I need to, through the Holy Spirit. We should come to God in prayer, thankful for the opportunity to approach Him, for His blessing, knowing that we're saved, knowing He hears us, and knowing that He loves us. We talked about that Wednesday night how God is love. Not according to how the world defines it, not according to how we define it, according to how his word defines it, but God is love. And he loved us so much that he gave his only begotten son. Isn't that awesome? We need to be thankful for God's power. We need to be thankful for God's promises. We need to hope in, in that and in, in his glory, and we need to be thankful for his mercy, and we need to be thankful for his protection and his word, that he, his, this Bible that we're looking at today is a love letter to us. We have got a lot to be thankful for, but the world and Satan wants us to focus on whatever is immediate and irritating us. And why have I had to learn, He's, for I've decided to concentrate only on Christ Jesus and his death on the cross, uh, 1 Corinthians 2.2, 2. Isaiah 26.3, he will keep in perfect peace all whose thoughts are fixed on him. We have to have an attitude of thankfulness. And again, we talked about last week, maybe all your life just really stinks and it's bad and there's no way around it. Jesus is enough. He's all that we need. We need to pray with intercession. We need to pray with thanksgiving. All difficulties are within God's purposes and prayer and supplication with thanksgiving. He talks about gratitude to God accompanies true prayer. So as we pray, having a thankful heart, and you can be honest with him, God, I don't like this. I don't like it at all. I'm upset about it. He can handle it. He already knows it. But I'm thankful I have you. Your next feeling, choosing to pray and not worry takes an attitude of thanks. Have a thankful heart. I can't manufacture that, but, boy, you can develop that spiritual habit, count your blessings, name them one by one. You start thinking of just, I mean, let's just get basic. Let's get microscopic. Well, well, Pastor, that's kind of weird, but obviously we forget where every good and perfect gift comes from, the Lord. So maybe we need to reset, and this week it's like, I'm thankful the roof didn't fall in while we are at church. I mean, I'm not trying to be <laughs> weird on that, but you know what I'm saying? That habit of, I'm thankful that I, had, that I could walk to here or there. I'm thankful for the air that I had to breathe. I, you know, we need to get basic because everything is from God to develop that habit. Thankful prayer, thankful prayer releases us from fear and worry. Uh, once, once we pray and give our burdens to God, uh, we can have his peace in the middle of our problems. See how it works? We pray, we have an attitude of thanksgiving, and this produces his peace. Look at verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and minds in Christ Jesus. The peace, that means the quietness, the rest of God. It's that inner calm and tranquility. It's promised to the believer who has a thankful attitude based on an unwavering confidence that God is able and willing to do what's best for us. See what I'm saying there? That peace passes all understanding. It's knowing God knows where I'm at. God knows what I'm going through. I've given it to God. I'm resting in Him. This is a horrible situation. I don't like it. Again, the 23rd Psalm, we just focus on it at funerals. Walk with me through the valley of shallow death, but what about it makes you lay down in the green pastures that you can have a meal in the presence of our enemies, and we might say we don't have enemies, but there's people who don't like us, and maybe vice versa. We're gonna love them in Jesus, but we don't really want to be around them. But 23rd Psalm says that you can eat a meal in peace in the presence of your enemies. That's what he's talking about here. That's the peace of past all understanding: is I don't like the situation, but I like my and love my Savior. I'm going to rest in him. It's that inner quiet of the power of God at work daily in our lives. And notice it, it surpasses our understanding. When, when you rest in God's peace, it's like, again, this is a horrible situation, but I'm at peace. When I talk to people and try to counsel them biblically, you know, we all try to use common sense, and I believe God gave us common sense to an extent, but then you go to the Bible, and none of that's common sense. It's faith in God. I mean, he tells the children of Israel to go around Jericho several times and shout, Really? You see what I'm saying here? There's a point. Your common sense goes out the window, and you go with God. And so, but no, that's the way with this peace. The world would say you need to be upset about this, and you can say, Yes, it does upset me but I'm trusting God in this. I've got a peace. And those of you that experience know what I'm talking about. You can't manufacture it. And most of the time, you can't understand it. And when I'm counseling somebody, do you have godly peace? And that doesn't mean your situation's okay or it ends perfectly. But have you sought God? Have you sought his counsel? Are you going his path, regardless of the persecution, regardless of the pressure, regardless of what's going on, do you have peace? And that's what he's talking about here. I shouldn't have peace according to the world. I don't understand it, but I'm at peace because God is there. God, uh, God's peace rises our, raises above any of our understanding, our intellect, or how we can figure things out. How does, how, how does God produce peace in our life? He, he says this, will guard. And that's a military term like a, key, uh, a keep, like a, a fort, or those kind of things. And so and they would have understood it at the time. The Roman soldiers were, had taken over most of the world. And it's a military, military term to keep watch over. God's peace guards believers from anxiety, doubt, fear, and distress. Oh, Pastor, that's great that you say it, but how? You've got to lean into God. You've got to lean into it. It's just like a little kid that trusts an adult and they're scared. They they lean into him. You see what I'm saying? That is that godly peace that he's going to keep my mind. He's going to take care of those fears, those doubts, the distress. Again, not making light of it, but I want us to get real here. What does the devil want us to focus on? Circumstances, the things causing us. We need to address them but we need, by praying, giving it to God. And again, in the next few weeks, we're going to get into the whatsoevers. And you have got to replace, prayer is the key to replacing worry. Well, I was praying 50 times. Welcome to the club. For me, I mean, the other day, I was sitting there worrying and obsessing. On, it was a little thing. But I was worried and obsessing on it forever. And I knew I was wrong. I knew I was in sin. I got this, this sermon, so I got to be perfect and live it out for you all. Yeah, right. Okay. But you know what I'm saying? And I knew these things, but I had to keep praying and working on it and giving it to God so I didn't pick it back up. Casting doesn't mean rod and reel; It means chucking it and not going and picking it up. And so we can only have that godly peace if we let go And let God and lean into him. What God guards, he guards our hearts and he guards our minds. The heart is the core of who you are. It's what you really do. And everything comes through the mind. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says, Casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalts itself against God and putting every thought into captivity to the obedience of Christ. Every sin starts with a thought. Jesus said, if you hate somebody, you've already murdered in their mind. If you've lusted after someone, you've already committed adultery and all these things. Every sin starts in the mind. This is why this section of Scripture is important. When your mind is addressed with worry, you need to pray. Not deal with the worry, but you need to pray and give it to God. And so this is what he's talking about here. That's guarding our mind. And His peace guards our heart, that God is in control. God will guard our hearts, our anxious thoughts, our fears. The peace of God guards and protects us from, from all the outside pressure. He guards the heart and mind. How does he do that? Um, it, by us abiding in Christ. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He who abides in me will bear much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. You've got to walk, abide in him. We live, we breathe, we have our being. And when we get away from God and we try to handle it ourselves, we're going to sink and we're going to worry. We only through Christ, only through trusting him to save us, only through trusting him to keep us, only, only by, through this daily habit of practicing, of walking, abiding, and praying, and casting all our cares upon him. Only through prayer can we handle these things. It's Jesus. Because notice he says, through Christ Jesus, the peace of God. I've said it before. I'll say it again. If we don't have Jesus, we will have no peace. And so if you don't have a relationship in a little bit, we're going to have a time of invitation. Come forward, receive Christ, because you're trying to do it on your own, and it's not going to work. Because I'm talking about Christians mainly that have the Holy Spirit, that know what to do, and we're letting the devil run the show. Well, I'm not following the devil. Well, you're saying you don't trust Christ. You're saying you don't trust God to handle whatever you're going through. I'm not making light of anything you're going through because I'm blessed as a pastor to be able to help you with that. And I can't help you with everything. And we're blessed as a church to help each other with that what about God? He's the main one. We're saying we don't trust him. We're saying we got to do something else. Because of the believer's union with Christ, he guards his inner being and his peace. You have to have a relationship with God. And most of us, that's the case. But somehow, somewhere, we're like, well, I can handle this one, God. The, more, the older I get and the more I get closer to God, the more I need to stay in the back seat and let him drive my life, the more I need to put my arms up like a little kid and say, help me, take this, I can't do it. God's promises are his peace, his presence, and his provision. There's your alliteration today. There's, you know, but he gives us peace. He gives us his presence that he's with us. And he gives us his provision. That's awesome. And all to do kingdom work. And we might say, well, God's taking care of me. i got his peace. And I'm just going to sit here till I go or Jesus comes. We know that's not the truth if you've been here long enough. The only reason we're still here is to seek his kingdom and his will and to go and make disciples. And so that's why he gives us his peace because I think persecution is going to get worse. We were talking about that in Sunday school today. And it's not because we're being worse to people, but people get further and further away from a God base. And so you better be focused on God because people, whether you've been loving and kind and all these things, if you're going to hold to the Bible and speak the truth, and when they ask for a reason for the hope that you have, you're probably going to get persecuted. You need His peace. You need His presence. God, you're with me through this physical thing. You're with me through this spiritual thing and his provision. God, things are getting tight. Financially or whatever, I need you to show up. And then we need to start learning the difference between a want and a need. God, I, I've liked this, I've enjoyed this, but uh, I don't need it to be with you. We need to rest in God's peace and, and stop freaking out, uh, freaking out like one who doesn't know God. Think about that. that if you don't get anything out of today, you need to rest in his peace that, yes, it's horrible. Yes, I don't know what's going on, but I know Jesus is good. He's the same yesterday, today, and forever, so I'm going to rest in him. Worry, just worry will eat at you. So the last fill-in, choosing, choosing prayer over worry yields the peace of God. I'm not saying I've even, even touched the surface of understanding the peace of God but I am starting to understand the peace that passes all understanding. The world and Satan are going to want you to be, why aren't you worried about this? Why aren't you thinking about this? Are you not aware? And you need to be like, yes, I am aware. I prayed about it. I'm trusting God. I'm not trying to give you a Sunday school answer, but what happens when people want to keep talking about this stuff? It eats at you, and and you're focusing on that, and maybe you need to say, hey, let's pray about this. how are you doing with the peace of God today? i got some questions for you. Let's bring the questions up here. What are you choosing today? I'm going to tell you, Satan, he can't read our minds. He's not everywhere at once, but he knows all of our worry buttons. And he knows, again, some of your spider people, some of your snake people, you know, whatever it is, and we might say, hey, don't worry about that, but we don't deal with that, but he knows our buttons. And every day, you got to ask the question, what am I choosing, worry or prayer? This is a command, guys. It's not a suggestion. And so you're in sin when you worry. You're in sin when you don't pray. You might be like, I don't know how to pray. Guess what? Just start talking to God. Get all sloppy. Tell him because he already knows. And start that conversation. I will help you however I can. It's not the fact that I've all these things, but I've. I've looked at things and different ways to do things just to help. And and those of you that are electronic, there's prayer apps. And I don't mean that they pray for you, okay, but they give you some tools to get you started. That may be where you're at this week. So are you choosing worry over prayer? The command is pray. Next question. What are you praying about? Well, I'm only praying to God about the big things. Because I don't want to bother him with this. Guess what? Give up. Just tell him. Think about it, if you're talking to God all the time about everything, you're building a relationship and you're building the comfortableness and you're breaking down that wall. So pray about everything. We can help you, we can help you with it's not about following the acts method, but there's a lot of different things that are just good to help you get in your mind. And I've followed those methods and I've got a good little prayer journal that I like, but then there's times I get away from it because of the fact I'm like a legalist, a recovering legalist, I'm like I did this, 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 I checked my boxes, I'm done. What about the rest of the day? What about just me talking to God? What are you praying about? He said pray about everything and anything. Next question. How's your attitude? Well, we got Thanksgiving coming up, so we better start being thankful because we're getting there and we'll skip over it and go on to Christmas and sandwich it in between. But I got to work on my thankful attitude because naturally in my flesh, The glass is always half empty. Naturally, in my flesh, I'm waiting for the shoe to drop. Okay? I know that about myself. That shouldn't affect the fact that I'm thankful for Jesus. I'm thankful that I can stand here physically. I'm thankful that I'm somewhat healthy. I'm thankful for a beautiful day. You see what I'm saying? Count your blessings, name them one by one. Maybe you need to... probably till the end of Thanksgiving, say, I'm just going to start doing a thankful list every day so I can develop this habit of thankfulness. How's your attitude? Is it thankful? And the last question there, how are you living? I think most of us, our peace gets robbed like that. I don't mean you're any less Christian than anybody else, But why don't you confess today, God, I have tried to find my peace in the things of the world. I've tried to find my peace if I can can pay my bills. I'm trying to find my peace if my family's all getting along. I'm trying to find my peace, question mark. Stop it. My peace is in Jesus regardless of what happens to me. As we stand on our feet and have a time of invitation question i have for you today is how are you trying to handle the things of life i think the biggest thing today first of all if you don't know christ you need to receive christ today but i think for most of you christians this week and today you need to commit come hell or high water i'm going to develop this habit of prayer that this week as i worry i'm just going to pray i'm going to work on that list because guys the devil's winning when we don't and he's benching us when we need to be going forward and being an example to others Lord, however we need to be obedient, may we be obedient to you today. In your name, Jesus, amen.